This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to Jackson Hoey, TB53320, from Garrison Titan. Pascal Biondi, TB269, founder of the Swiss Garrison. Bill Early Jr., TX2062, from Bluegrass Garrison and formerly Mid-South Garrison. Santiago Giro, TK25953, from Garrison, Argentina. And Southern California Garrison member and honorary member, John Farmer, CX6834. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial Network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. Give me regular reports, please. Right. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the Fiber First Cast, the official podcast of the Fiber First Legion Vader's Fist. This is episode 122 for May 2020, and here are your hosts, myself, Marcus, TK14057. This is Nikki, DZ8397. I'm Joe, TI and SL12743. And this is Todd, TI and TB10078. The Legion is currently at 14,004 members with 29,830 approved costumes. Our newest member listed on FireFirst.com at the time of recording is Eric, TI31016, a new reserve Thai pilot for Star Garrison's North Texas squad. In this episode, we talk about our new virtual endeavors, host a special guest and longtime contributor, TK6744, and we remotely drive around the hospital. A Legion first. Stay tuned. So in past episodes, we've lent our thoughts to certain garrisons when they've suffered through hurricanes, tsunamis, earthquakes, and other natural disasters. But when all of us around the world are dealing with this same pandemic at approximately the exact same time, it has certainly helped us reaffirm that we are a huge international organization and, of course, all together on this same blue globe. We hope all of you are staying safe and are healthy And even as stay-at-home guidelines are starting to ease, please consider your safety. The 501st Legion has been under a Legion-wide trooping hiatus since mid-March that will continue through May 17th. After that time, each garrison will be following their local ordinances, but with many of the events we normally attend canceled through most of the summer, we've tried to find other creative ways to be bad guys staying home. One of the things we've worked on putting more attention to during quarantine has been virtual projects, the first of which was a May the 4th greetings video. We've done these years ago in audio form here on the 501st cast, but I think this was the very first time we tackled a a video version of this. We got so many entries from 501st Legion members and honorary members that we had to break them up into five separate videos. They were released over the course of May the 4th in different time zones on our social feeds. If you didn't catch them when they were first posted, we'll have a link 
link in our show notes where you can watch all five videos combined on our YouTube channel. Virtual greeting. May the force be with you from Mara Jade, pilot of the Jade Shadow. Speaking of our YouTube channel, another virtual project we've been working on during quarantine has been 501st Storytime. As you may have seen from your local libraries and teachers and even celebrities, online story reading has become a comforting way for many to help pass the time during quarantine. We were granted permission to set up a special YouTube channel to share videos from. So far, we have almost 20 videos, including one in German and one in Italian, of our members reading various Star Wars children's books. We'll have a link to our YouTube playlist in our show notes. Make sure to subscribe so you'll get notified when we post new videos. They usually go up each Sunday for hashtag Sunday Storytime. Speaking of virtual endeavors, we would be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to our sister group, the Rebel Legion, for raising a little over $11,000 for UNICEF during their Rebel Fund. They provided 12 hours of content, including interviews with Star Wars celebrities and our very own founder, Alvin Johnson, and asked people to consider making a donation to UNICEF during the telethon. Well done. One thing that we could still work on during quarantine were new additions and updates to our costume reference library. The Imperial Officer Corps' new CRL is the Republic Officer from the Clone Wars. And we can always count on our Clone Trooper detachment to have new CRLs for us to enjoy. ARC Trooper Phase 2 Fives is now live. And the brand new, kind of spoilery, since I haven't finished Clone Wars yet, 332nd Division Clone Trooper is live and ready for GML approval. The off-world Jawa, as seen in The Mandalorian, is now live. And surprisingly, Suga isn't listed as one of the optional accessories. I was kind of disappointed. Suga! Suga. <laughs> and lastly, the junk boss, Unkar Plutt, from The Force Awakens is now live and ready for independent GML approval. As always, you can check out links to our new CRL in our show notes. Thanks again to the Legion membership team for these updates. While we do occasionally make note of what our honorary members are up to, we want to make a more diligent effort to showcase at least a couple every episode. Greg Grunberg, a.k.a. Snap Wexley, was kind enough to be one of several honorary members who sent us a greeting for our May the 4th episode. He just premiered tonight, as we record this, uh, a new series of shorts called The Insiders that he is one of the series creators on. Uh, these shorts take place entirely within Zoom conference calls. It premiered live on Wednesday, May 6th, but we'll have the link so you can check it out, and future shorts as well. Uh, it's one of the many new and creative ways people have found for quarantainment. Quarantainment. I love it. <laughs> Another honorary member that we'd like to give a shout-out to is Angie Mayhew and the Peter Mayhew Foundation. Head over to their Facebook page to see a fundraiser they're currently running to help support struggling small businesses that have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Hey, Star Wars fans, Jimmy Mack here, Rebel Force Radio host and honorary member of the 501st Legion. You're listening to the latest Imperial propaganda on the 501st cast. Long live the Empire. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back at me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. But if he stopped using his regular body wash and switched to old Sith, he could at least smell like me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? 
You're on a Star Destroyer with a Sith your Sith could smell like. What's in your hand? Back to me. I have it. He doesn't. Anything is possible when your man smells like old Sith. <coughs> I'm in a meditation chamber. Let's kick things off with our Causeway Garrison in Northern Ireland. On February 1st, they helped support Macmillan Cancer Support by making a brief appearance at Pedal for a Purpose, a sponsored cycling event. This was a really busy family event in a local community center with all sorts of entertainment and activities for the kids. Our troopers were very well received and made to feel super appreciated by everyone involved. TI-25785 even got in on the cycling for a bit, showing biker scouts that Thai pilots can do it too. We'll have a link to a photo, sadly not one of the pilot on a cycle, in our show notes. As part of the Northern Ireland Science Festival, Causeway Garrison troopers attended a two-day event on February 15th and 16th called Science of Star Wars Tour an educational presentation aimed at young kids that covered some science about a real galaxy and how it might apply to the galaxy far, far away. Over 100 pounds were raised for the chosen charity, the Children's Heartbeat Trust, across the two days. The garrison was invited to set up a PR table, and they put up their Death Star backdrop for photo ops, which was really well received by the families that attended. It's not widely known that Air Ambulance Northern Ireland is a charity. Two million pounds is needed each year to keep the service operational. They rely entirely on support from the public and local businesses, including gifts and wills. Causeway Garrison Troopers got an opportunity to give back to something that saves lives by trooping two weekends in a row for them on February 22nd and 29th. With permission, they were able to appear at a busy Belfast supermarket with charity buckets. This was one of the busiest and most generous bucket collections their troopers had ever seen. Air Ambulance being on the local news earlier that week had helped drum up a lot of buzz and enthusiasm from the public. And while they don't have a total amount yet, based on the weight of the buckets, it was a lot. The first week, TI-12390 was the lone 181st Thai pilot and got a couple of strange comments that left him thinking that the shoppers seemed to believe he was the actual Air Ambulance pilot. The second week, he was joined by TI-6049. Both of them wore their New Hope ties, and easily half the people thought that they were the ones that flew the helicopters. Types of comments included, so is this what they wear? I saw you landing at the hospital the other week. And even, wow, you look like you could be out of Star Wars. And their absolute favorite comment, you look kind of like Darth Vader. Guess you hear that a lot. And the Thai pilot's response, you have no idea. <laughs> Hashtag not Vader. Doonsi Garrison has visited Phoenix Children's Hospital many times in the past and loves doing so. Obviously, now it would be unsafe for our members to make an in-person visit. So on April 21st, they visited with some help from some sci-fi type tech. Robots. PCH was running a Star Wars trivia event for their kids. They have two robots that allow people to participate and visit while being remote controlled. Scott, TK41469, and Vic, TB26868, who represented as Chewbacca for Rebel Legion's Moss Eisley base, were able to suit up at home, log into the robots, and control them 
from their homes. The robots sort of had a Segway scooter-type base for wheels with a pole that extended up a few feet with a display screen at the top. Scott and Vic were able to remotely access the robots to join the kids in some trivia and travel around the hospital to visit. The troopers had a great time and really enjoyed interacting with the kids and driving the robots. Check out the link to Facebook photos in our show notes. There you go, a stormtrooper and a Chewie that became droids. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was wild. Like, I I assume the hospital people were driving them around when I saw the pictures of it, but it sounds like they were making the robots move as well as, you know, talking through the screens on top of the robots. What an inventive way to still get some hospital troops in. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, on to uh, Starkiller Garrison's Make-A-Wish virtual troop. The Make-A-Wish representative for the Pittsburgh area hosted a virtual fundraiser over Zoom to celebrate May the 4th and invited Starkiller Garrison to be a part of it. The Garrison had a good turnout of troopers, as well as representatives from the Mando Mercs and the Droid Builders Clubs. The night consisted of jokes, Star Wars trivia, and auctioning off items to raise funds for Make-A-Wish. One particular item, a Chewbacca kid's mask, had one person's dog all riled up. Everyone thought that was pretty funny. The trivia questions ranged from very easy to moderately hard. Questions like, what color is R2-D2? And who has Vader's mask in The Force Awakens? were answered pretty quickly. While questions like, which hand did Luke Skywalker lose while fighting Darth Vader? took a little longer. In the end, a five-year-old kid named Jack tied with SKG's Greg, ID2936, to win the contest. They both won a prize for the contest. I would say Jack is a strong candidate to become a future member. Patrick, TK22471, and his granddaughter from the Galactic Academy also did this troop together. She brought her baby Yoda toy, and it snuck into the camera from time to time, which made for some funny interaction between everyone. We all know how mischievous baby Yoda can be. R2-D2 also made an appearance. Of course, everyone just loves that rebel trash can. Kids and adults alike were talking to him, and he would beep, boop, beep back. Lots of smiles and giggles were happening. And towards the end, while we were wrapping up the meeting, people were curious about their costumes. So they gave them a brief overview of the 501st being the bad guys who do good, and that we also partner up to do events with the good guys, the Rebel Legion. The, Mandal the Mandalorian Mercs, who represent the Mando costuming culture of Star Wars, as well as the talented Droid Builders Club. We explained that a lot of our members are members of the other clubs, and that we are basically just one big Star Wars costuming family. At the end of the day, Make-A-Wish raised over $300 for charity. Not bad for a virtual troop that only lasted a few hours. The 33rd mission of Brazil's Death Star Garrison took place on February 1st and was in support of RILA, a rotary program that offers intensive training for young community leaders. Talented people between the ages of 14 and 30 participated with all expenses paid in a 3-10 to 10 day seminar, workshop, or work session organized and conducted by Rotarians. The program allows young people to discuss problems in the areas of professional responsibility and human relations while making new friends. Ryla gives new generations uh, representatives the opportunity to develop their skills and explore topics of interest to their age group. For Rotarians, Ryla gives them a chance to help train leaders and good citizens and to mitigate the negative effects 
of the generational gap. The official commander was invited to talk about good and bad leadership and the fan club. At the time, members of the garrison were dressed up interacting with the youth. Six members of the garrison spent a couple of hours at the troop, including T.I. 30051, who was the president of the Rotary Club for the city of Sumare. Check out the link to a photo gallery in our show notes. And occasionally, our members are out being bad guys doing good out of costume, too. Members of Japanese garrison volunteered at Ronald McDonald House Sendai in February, and they helped sort donations received. We'll have a photo of them doing that in our show notes as well. On May the 4th, Star Wars Day, TK-8244 from Puerto Rico Garrison played a Star Wars version of Ding Dong Ditch with some of the kids in his neighborhood. He put together some color sheet packages, uh, suited up in his armor, and dropped the packages off on the doorsteps. He knocked on the door and then retreated back to the roadside to maintain social distancing. From there, he briefly interacted with kids after they opened the door to see who had knocked and helped make their Star Wars Day in quarantine a little brighter. Check out the video in our show notes. Ah. Uh... This is a Bible First Cast special report. Well, we're happy to have join us this evening, or depending on the time you're listening to this, someone whose TKID may sound familiar, as we mention him often here on the Bible First Cast. Chris, TK-6744, the commanding officer of Empire City Garrison. Chris, we appreciate all the mission reports you've consistently sent in over the years, but it's great to hear about a few troops from you in person. First up, can we talk about the New York Toy Fair event from February 20th? Sure. A long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> I've actually been listening to the show for over 10 years and, and love what you guys are doing. I think it really helps promote the garrisons and uh, and what everybody's doing, and uh, I'm just proud to be a part of it. But uh, let me start off with the Toy Fair. Uh, I got to do the Toy Fair uh, back right before this entire COVID-19 situation broke, and it was one of these top-secret Lucasfilm cast events that, uh, you know, they don't give you a lot of details. They basically just provided measurements. And uh, we had had that once or twice before uh, for them to, you know, have somebody else suit up in a suit that they brought with them. Uh, we had done uh, back just two months prior, um, the view with Whoopi Goldberg, and we had done uh, an ESPN commercial where they had brought a Sith trooper armor that was actually used in the film and had one of our other members, uh, who's my XO, uh, Jonathan Diaz, suit up in it. And me and Jonathan are very similar measurements, and we both put in for this Toy Fair event. And uh, I just happened to get chosen for this one. And I was sure it was going to be the Sith Trooper again. I'm like, oh, I guess at the Toy Fair, they're probably promoting more Sith Trooper toys or something of that nature. So I go, I go to this uh, top secret location for them to, you know, fit me into the outfit. And I get there. And uh, the guy opens up the suitcase, uh, and I was saying, oh, yeah, it's it's the Sith Trooper armor again, right? And he's like, no, it's uh, the Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm like, what? So uh, it was like a dream come true. I, I like probably most of the people who, uh, who uh, are part of the 501st absolutely adore the Mandalorian. They had made a special, you know, travel suit for promotional events that that was only to be used, you know, by, you know, uh, authorized uh, Lucasfilm uh, people. And they had a, a person there who would help me suit up in it. And it was just 
amazing to behold. It was very accurate. It was made from some of the original molds from used on the show. I got to wear the gun on my back. It was the whole the whole nine yards. So I, it was it was the thrill of a lifetime. Oh my goodness, that's amazing! Just certainly completely unexpected. Oh, it it absolutely blew me away. I would have been just as jazz jazz to wear the uh, sit trooper armor, but to get to be the first <laughs> one to wear this out in public was just a, was just a real a real treat. And it was just one of many experiences over the years I've had. I've I've been with the Legion for tw- uh, twelve years now, and I've done four hundred eighty nine troops. So this this just wow. was one of the ones that just absolutely blew me away because it was just so unexpected. Now, Toy Fair is uh, this is a show for companies to come in and see the new toys that are coming out for uh, you know the, the to purchase them for the upcoming uh, season, correct? So it's, yes, and yeah. and this was actually a private Disney event that they had at a hotel right adjacent to or, or in the area of the Javits Center. So it was a private event just to show off the new Disney toys. And it was all, you know, Mandalorian merchandise, all the Baby Yoda stuff, the Baby Yoda animated uh, animatronic figure. And it was just incredible to, to even be a small part of that and just take pictures with the crowd and the industry people there. You know, it was just a, the thrill of a lifetime. The host of um, the Star Wars show was there and it was just just a thrill to be in that outfit for four or five hours. And and get to feel like I was the Mandalorian for that day. I, I it actually fit me absolutely perfectly because they had provided measurements, and I was those exact measurements. And so was so was John Diaz. We're both almost very very similar in, in size. We're about five eleven and under one hundred and seventy pounds. So we're skinny and like that exact five uh, eleven size. The guy even commented as he's putting it on, on with me, the, the representative from Lucasfilm, he's like, my God, this fits you like a glove. And I'm like, oh, well, good. I'll take it home. <laughs> it was built just for me. So I, I must have the exact same measurements as uh, Pablo Pascal because it was probably the best fitting suit I've ever I've ever been in. So was it the uh, shiny silver Besker or was it the original kind of mismatched? No, it was the original mismatch one that's become like the iconic suit because that was used for all the promotional materials. It was used for that, that initial mm-hmm. figure. And uh, even some of the, uh, you know, the child's costumes and figures they had on display, they were all, you know, the mishmash armor mm-hmm. from the first episode. So it's just funny that that's become the, the iconic look of the Mandalorian, even though it was probably only in, you know, 20 or 30 minutes of that first episode. So are you now the official... Uh, costuming resource now just for your garrison or anybody who's asking uh, who wants to create one of these? Uh, no, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I cannot speak about it. Nope. I can't talk about it. I was not allowed to post about it. I'm only allowed to discuss it internally with the 501st, and I was able to post it in the mission report, but I'm not allowed to post yeah. it on social media, which was really soul crushing. I'm like, really? <laughs> and they're like, no, no, not if you want to ever do this again. And I'm like, okay, if that's the, the cost. Then uh, I'm fine with that. I, at least I know. You know that I got to be in it for that day, and I got to to experience it. Well, there we go. That's a good thing because I think we just headed off. You know, hundreds of questions that might have just been emailed to you once this uh, <laughs> once I, post I, this. <laughs> and I appreciate that, and, and my my lips are sealed on the details. But it, it was it was a very well constructed, well built costume. So hear that, everyone. Do not contact Chris for details. He can't <laughs> tell you anything. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Yeah. So th- what a fantastic opportunity. Amazing. Yes, it, it yeah. was the thrill of a lifetime. And, and, I, and I have always credit the 501st. I, just being a regular person, regular walk of life, I was a technical manager. And now I work for a charity, the Cerebral Palsy Association uh, on Long Island. Uh, these are the kinds of things you'd never really get to do in, in, unless you were in this group and unless you 
you know, had committed yourself uh, to doing good in the community. And I think it's, it's kind of karma that it comes around and the more you do, the more good things come your way. Oh, wonderful, wonderful story. That's great. Um, so next, why don't we talk about some of the large virtual troops that you guys have put together for Facebook live streaming? I know you've done a few of these in the last uh, couple of months and really would like to hear more about those. Well, absolutely. Well, we were driving ourselves nuts, especially me, because I, I troop, as you probably see on from the mission reports, probably 40, 50 events a year. And I, you know, I was going crazy when we had all these plans. I had, I had just decided this year to run for CO and I luckily got it, uh, thanks to the, the members of, of my garrison. And I really wanted to, you know, and, and go in the direction of getting more troops and getting some of the other folks who had maybe been a little more inactive, active. So this was a huge blow to me personally, just because it had kind of, you know, put a monkey wrench into all the plans I had for the garrison and expanding the garrison in our reach and in the New York area. So, we started thinking about, you know, what else could we do? You know, what other possibilities could there be? And one of the members had come come to me, Eric Spader, uh, who was a relatively new member, uh, who said, you know, he had done some virtual 5Ks and some virtual runs and things of that nature. Could we investigate something like that? So, you know, we started t discussing it internally among the command staff. And I, I reached out to Nikki and was talking to Nikki about some ideas. And, and Nikki had started that whole conversation in the 501st Legion Forum about different ideas and, and things that we might be able to do. And we didn't also want to, and we also didn't want to step on the toes of what the 501st doings, was doing with the story time and some of the other things that the 501st was doing. So we kind of came up with a plan very quickly, uh, the beginning of April. And April 4th, we actually went live and did a, a virtual troop day. And the basic theme of the day was to do PSAs, uh, do, you know, things about social distancing, do, uh, you know, just general shout outs to, to different, to different, um, uh, fans of, of the group and, uh, just try to be creative and try to come up with some, some interesting stuff that people might enjoy. We had, it ran the gamut throughout the day of just about everything you could imagine from PSAs, um, uh, playing video games, uh, you know, just sweeping up around the house, a couple of comedic ones that were, that were quite amusing. Uh, one that I had done that I spent some time on about a week prior to that with my daughter. I made a music video for the, the song All By Myself, which was a huge hit during the day at the uh, at the virtual troupe. So the creativity and the inspiration that struck some of our members was just extraordinary. And the outpouring of support from a lot of the people in the community was was very exciting because we got a lot of likes and shares and people really thought it made a, a very good impact. And we raised over $500 for the food pantry that we were doing this on their behalf to try to, you know, uh, shed some light on the fact that, you know, they were in dire need of, of some support. So we managed to raise over $500 for that fundraiser. Uh, and I think it really brought the garrison together. So after we did the first one, it was like, well, what are we going to do for the second one? So we oh, were so, trying sorry, to just before um, you go, go to the go second right one uh, with the first one. So was this like a, a specified duration that you had like part live and part recorded, or was it uh, like a series of clips that you aired for the duration? Well, we, we played it very dangerously, and, and I you know, <laughs> had some discussions internally with Nikki about this, but we trusted our members to, to do the right thing, and, and we were monitoring it throughout the day. We actually gave uh, any member who indicated in the internal mission briefing, uh, anybody who indicated that they would be interested in participating, we gave them editor rights on the page and let them post videos themselves. So they could shoot a video on their cell phone and then immediately post it on the Facebook page. But we were monitoring that very closely all day and we trust our members 
and we had very strict guidelines for what you could post, what you couldn't post. And I think there was only one video during the entire day that I actually took down just because it was a member in a red Royal Guard outfit drinking some wine. And we were like, well, that breaks a rule right there. Let's just, just to be safe. It was, you know, it was innocuous, but we said, let's just take it down because of the, some of the Lucas rules around having any alcohol in, um, in video. So we, we tried to keep it clean, keep it straight, straightforward and tried to make sure that, you know, everybody stuck to the, the, the basic regulations and didn't do anything too crazy. And I think just the, the creativity flowed throughout the day. It was just amazing what some of the folks came up with. Some of the PSAs are incredible. They're really well done. Um, some of the other videos are just interesting to see and, and just, I think it really brought the garrison together as a whole, because we're all working to that common goal during that, that same day for a common purpose to help this, this charity, um, uh, LI cares. That's a local food pantry. So it really did bring the garrison together and it, and it gave us something to look forward to and something to work on throughout the day. Oh, that's great. I know that there's so many people, you know, around the legions, you know, just really missing being able to give back. And this has really generated a lot of creativity and different ways where we can still benefit uh, the people that, you know, want that, you know, the who, you know, the money you're raising for charity, the entertainment value. Uh, so that's brilliant. Um, and so then you did a second one in May. Yeah, well, for the second one, we were trying to think, you know, what else could we do? We don't want to kind of repeat ourselves and do exactly the same thing. And, you know, how many PSAs can you do? How many of the same kind of videos can you do? So we really tried to raise the bar a little bit. And during that first troop, we actually got some shout outs from uh, the French garrison and from the uh, uh, garrison in England and, and the UK garrison. So we were very excited about that. And we said, well, why don't we try to reach out to other groups? Why don't we reach out to the Rebel Legion? Why don't we reach out to the Sabre Guild? Why don't we reach out to the 501st Legion as a whole and just kind of let them know what we're doing and reach out to some notable people within the Star Wars community and see if maybe they'd give us a shout out. And we thought that would help just energize our members, let them know they're not alone, let them know that they had some solidarity. And be and we chose the weekend right before May the 4th, because then we thought it would also be a good opportunity to just do generic, you know, May the 4th greetings. So we started that effort, uh, you know, and that, that one we had a lot more time to prepare. We had a whole month to prepare. So, you know, before we even were live on the day, on uh, May 2nd, we actually had about 35 videos ready to go uh, from people like uh, Albin Johnson, uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Nikki was, was kind enough to send us a nice shout out. So we had gotten those all together, put nice titles on them, made them look really professional. So it, we kind of raised the bar a little bit on the production value and just, you know, the nature of, of what we're putting up. We also got a number of, of videos from the, the Sabre Guild, uh, from uh, the Rebel Legion. We got Bill Holmes from the Rebel Legion, the CO, who sent us a very nice shout out and a nice message that we put up. So I think the second one was even more elevated because it was more content. It was more about solidarity. It was more about being together and and more about, you know, that spirit of we're all in this together and wishing us luck on our virtual troop. And for that one, we chose a different uh, food pantry to kind of spread around you know, the benefit a little bit. We, we did it for the New York common pantry in Manhattan. And we also, we raised right now, the total's almost at $500. We're hoping to raise even more as, you know, these videos, you know, stay online and we keep pushing to try to get the fundraiser, uh, even higher over the next two weeks. Uh, so I think it was another very successful troop and, and we did some incredible videos. I did another video that I produced. And again, all my daughter's doing, my daughter uh, goes to Adelphi University. I have twin daughters who are both 19. Um, and my one daughter is into, you know, doing some video editing. I had had this idea for a second video for this, for this troop that we could produce ahead of time. 
and I was going to do a music video to some dumb song. And she's like, dad, that's so stupid. You can't do that. I can come up with a better idea in five seconds. And I'm like, well, go ahead. What's your idea? And she's like, you could do the opening scene from uh, the opening monologue from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It would be all in the bedroom, then the bathroom, and we wouldn't even have to leave the house. <laughs> and I'm like, we're doing that. We're doing that. That's it. Get started. <laughs> Let's start doing the script. So we, we worked for two weeks on that, just plotting it out, trying to do it shot for shot, changing around the words so it fit more Star Wars-y. And, and it was just me in a Stormtrooper outfit doing shot for shot the entire opening sequence of, of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So that was an experience. It was really a good bonding time with my daughter just because she, she was really into it. And she, she was happy about it because it was her idea. <laughs> and uh, and it, was just, it was just a fun experience to do. And that was also you know, a very well-received video and people got a real kick out of it. So I think all around, I think, I think everybody did an incredible job on it. And the other thing that, that also came from this as we were doing our preparation and as I was talking about trying to do something different, uh, my, my XO, uh, John Diaz, came up with an idea to do an interview series. And we started pre-recording some of those, and it's basically called Under the Under the Helmet, and it's a one-on-one interview with John, with John interviewing one of our members about you know why they love Star Wars, how they got into Star Wars, how they found out about the Five Hundred First, how they built their first costume, and you know just some of their general experiences and stories about the Five Hundred First. And each episode is about a half hour, and it's just a back and forth dialogue with one of our members. We already have now eight episodes in the can, and we've released uh, so far six. Uh, nice. And we le- released a bunch over that weekend, and those have been very well received. And again, that's a- another great recruiting tool, a great insight into what we're doing, what we do behind the scenes. And it's a good way for the members to reminisce about, you know, n- happier times when we could get out there and troop and we could do things out in the real world and could help these other organizations. So I think for right now, it's a good stopgap measure to keep people occupied, keep people engaged and keep them hopeful for the future. Oh, definitely. That sounds fantastic. Uh, now, are all of these videos that uh, have been published to uh, social media now, That's where correct. where can people find those? Is that on the uh, your Garrison's Facebook page only or we actually we actually made a separate page just for this effort. It's called ECG Virtual Troop on Facebook. And there's now over 100 videos on that site uh, from uh, over 35 members. Oh, perfect. And, and again, from also from members from other garrisons, we had the Star Garrison uh, give us one. We uh, give us one. We had uh, actually two. We had a few from the uh, Northeast Remnant Garrison. We had a couple from Excelsior, including Nikki's. It was just uh, an incredible outpouring of support from these other other uh, organizations and other garrisons, uh, showing some solidarity that really meant the world to our members. So thank you to everybody who contributed and and sent us some some shows of support. It really did make a huge impact on our members. Good for you for well, and, and your entire garrison and everybody who's uh, supported this effort. You know, uh, the idea of, you know, being with our Legion brothers and sisters and, you know, supporting the community, you know, is something that, you know, we all that's why we're all here. So many of us are here. And it, 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 a lot of us are just feeling so, you know, without uh, by yeah. not being able to 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 see our 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 legion members you know and and what a great idea to be able to go and and have these virtual events to not only bring your groups together your members together and and be able to benefit the public something that uh, you know maybe other garrisons can use as well as you know who knows how long we're going to be through this uh you know this time where we are on a trooping hold and and 
you know, not wanting to uh, make anything worse for other people, given the uh, the spread of uh, uh, COVID-19. Absolutely. And we're considering now, we're talking about it internally with my command staff about making this an open virtual troop to, to just leave the page going, not have another specific day, because right now the regulations are kind of nebulous and they're going to be changing probably in the next month. So we're going to leave it up and kind of make it, you know, if you if the if the feeling strikes you, if you get inspired, if you feel like suiting up, if, if you're forgetting that urge to suit up and you get a good idea and you want to do something interesting, you know, send it to us and we'll post it on the on the uh, the Facebook site. And that that invitation goes to other garrisons as well. If you're in another garrison or another uh, 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 Star Wars group and you'd like to get suited up and send us a, a message of support or just do a little skit or do anything that you think might be interesting please send it our way and we'd be happy to put it up on the, on the virtual troop site and, uh, and let everybody enjoy it. And what's the best way to get in contact with you? Should uh, somebody want to uh, send something along? Absolutely. You can, you can reach out to us directly on the ECG uh, virtual troop page, or you can email me directly. I'm at curemode at curemode.com. C-U-R-E-M-O-D-E at curemode.com. All right. We'll be sure to include that in our show notes as well. Uh, so for my fellow co-hosts here of the 501st cast, do you have any other questions uh, regarding the virtual troops or anything else for Chris? I know that Joe was a little jealous because his that uh, like behind the mask uh, mini cast that we used to do was very similar to what ECG is doing now. And and he was reminding me that we've been remiss in doing our very own behind the buckets mini cast. So we should probably get that going again. Yes, we haven't yeah, done I, a behind the bucket in a long time. Behind the bucket, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's great just because again, people can reminisce about better times, and and also it helps with recruiting because it kind of the, the people tell their stories of how they found the five hundred first, how they got involved with the five hundred first, and how they benefited from all the resources available on the five hundred first, and they talk about their personal experiences and hospital visits and things of that nature that are really inspiring stories that I, I hope will. After this is all over, we'll, we'll continue to be kind of a record of, of, you know, some of their experiences going forward. So, all right. Well, let's move on to something. Uh, this is a topic, actually, we talked about at length in our last episode. But we would be remiss if, uh, Chris, we didn't have you share some more stories from your trip to Jordan for the rise of Skywalker. Absolutely. And, and that's a, a crazy, crazy story. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned, I've done you know, dozens and dozens of crazy events with the 501st over 12 years. Uh, but this, this, that one had to take the cake. I mean, we all got that cryptic message from the, uh, the, the Royal Jordanian Film Commission and probably thought it was a scam or somebody trying to get our credit card numbers. But it was for real. They actually wanted to bring over uh, a number of 501st people for the, the Jordanian premiere, the first time they've ever had a premiere of, a, of an American movie in Jordan. And uh, they wanted us to be part of it, and they wanted us to come there and suit up, uh, do a hospital visit, a mall visit, the premiere, and then they're going to take us to the um, uh, the Wadi Rum Desert where they filmed the movie, uh, all the scenes in Pisana. So when I heard about it, I was a little, you know, uh, trepidatious about it. I wasn't sure if it was something I wanted to do. I wasn't sure if it was something I could do because it involved literally going to the other side of the world in the Middle East the week before Christmas. Uh, but it was something I felt, you know, I had to give it a shot. And I spoke to my wife. I spoke to my kids. And I said, listen, if, if I get this, I'm going to go. And they were like, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So, <laughs> you know, come, come like two weeks later, uh, only three or four days before the plane was supposed to leave on the Sunday, I got contacted 
saying you were one of the people chosen and, you know, you're going to be going to Jordan on Sunday. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is actually happening. Uh, so I, I didn't even believe it until I actually got the ticket. And even then, I, did, I don't think I believed it until I was actually on the plane. And even then, I don't <laughs> think I believed it until I landed in Jordan and was greeted by the Royal Film Commission. But it, it was just the entire experience was surreal. So I got there uh, the first day. I had to take a later flight due to a commitment I had with my charity. We had an event that day, so I had to go later. But the other nine people who, who went uh, did a troop in the airport, uh, which was very exciting. And that was after a 23-hour flight. They had to suit up, and I can't imagine the amount of the level of exhaustion they had at that point, uh, having to get ready in the airport and, and do a troop for about an hour in the airport. So I came a little later and went right to the hotel and met up with the folks. And as they were explaining you know, at the hotel – what we would be doing the next day, going over the different uh, things. Um, the person who was our contact there, Moeen, started talking about the, the Wadi Rum part of it and saying, oh, yeah, and we're going to have you bring your costumes to Wadi Rum because we want to take do a photo shoot on the mountain. And we wanted – I swear I, like, was so overwhelmed I hugged the guy. <laughs> I said, you got to be kidding. <laughs> you got to be kidding. You, no, this is like you, – you're joking, right? He's like, no, we're going to have you go up there with your outfit. I'm like, oh, I don't believe it. So, so was, I was, the, was the whole was itinerary? Overwhelmed. Sorry, was well, the, the whole itinerary uh, uh, unknown beforehand, or just the Wadi Rum? Yeah, we didn't. We knew of the basic outline, but we didn't know the specifics, and we didn't know they wanted us to bring our costumes to Wadi Rum. So that mm -hmm. was that was a shock oh, when, I first, wow. when I first landed. So the, yeah, the first day, the, the, oh, go ahead. Those, yeah, because uh, from the behind the scenes that I've seen, you know, uh, of you know the movie now that that's out, uh, it, it's quite a trek from any civilization or anything. So I can see why you wouldn't have expected that. You know, yeah, you'd be able to take the costumes with you. Yeah, it's it's in the middle of the desert, and we can we'll talk about that a little when we get there. It's like a four hour journey by SUV, an hour of it through desert deserts with no roads, just over humps and going 90 miles, 100 miles an hour. It was like something out of a out of a uh, a Tom Clancy uh, movie. Oh, uh, so it was like a, a caravan of uh, <laughs> SUVs driving through the desert at full speed. So, were you wanting to reenact, you know, one of the scenes? Like if you're going 100 miles an hour along this bumpy <laughs> road, where, oh look, oh, look, there's Chris. He flies now. <laughs> he flies now. He flies now. <laughs> he flies now. It, it was it was an amazing that that part was amazing. We'll get well, let me let me start okay. from the beginning. Of that. So the first the first day they had us do a walkthrough of all the different places, the walkthrough of the mall, the walkthrough of the hospital, the walkthrough of uh, of the of the mall where the movie theater was located, and we were just so excited and so overwhelmed that this was actually happening. And that night when I got back to the hotel from doing the walkthrough, I I figured I'd check my outfit. So I checked my outfit, and it's. So what I would describe as destroyed in the plane ride, even though it was in a hard, you know, uh, suitcase, the shoulder strap area was completely snapped off. I mean, down. But this is my TK. It was an RS props TK. So it's made out of PVC plastic. So it's kind of soft and it had some minor little cracks in it. Some of the cracks were a lot worse. There was a crack through the middle of the chest. Oh, no. The whole shoulder was off and there was just various cracks all over the place. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do with this? So luckily, one of the one of the people from the Florida garrison was five people from the Florida garrison, five people from the Empire City, Empire City garrison. Uh, this, uh, one of the people, Danny, luckily had some uh, repair kit with him and managed to help me in his room, uh, you know, glue and Velcro behind some of these 
parts that were cracked to, to reinforce it enough that I could get by for that, that troop the next day. And I'm eternally grateful to him because uh, without his help, I, I didn't have all the stuff with me. I didn't bring glue with me because I thought it might be stopped by security. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're not allowed to bring certain, you know, restricted items on the plane. He said, Oh, I just threw it in the bag. I didn't even care. <laughs> he had a whole, <laughs> he had a whole thing of the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the glue, the uh, fast drying glue and the, the crystal glue with the, uh, the uh, kicker so you can make it dry almost instantaneously. He had uh, Velcro strips. He had all kinds of materials that I, I was able to use some extra, um, ABS that I was able to cut and reinforce it from the back. So he, he was just a savior that day. I, I can't thank him enough. And then the next day we started out like early in the morning to go right to the, right to a children's hospital. And that was the experience of a lifetime. We did a children's hospital for about two hours with about 150 kids and their families. And they were all just very excited, very enthusiastic. And, and we were like nothing they'd ever seen before. It was just a very emotional moving experience for everybody. And, and to get to do that in another country and to see th- these over the top reactions from some of the kids was, was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Can you um, kind of speak to how popular Star Wars is with the children, uh, it, you know, in that country? I mean, being a, this is the first premiere that they've had, it must be pretty big. But, you know, of course, we're unfamiliar with, you know, a, a lot of times how popular Star Wars is in certain places. Uh, surprisingly, I would say only about 20 or 30 percent of the kids, if I were to make a guess, even knew about Star Wars. And, 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 and it's because they really have not been exposed to it very much in that country. As a matter of fact, the, the person who was telling us the day before about the walkthrough was saying that they were prepping the kids the week before, showing them the Star Wars movies and showing them, you know, what Star Wars is mm-hmm. so that, so they wouldn't be afraid and they wouldn't be scared. And, uh, and that really, that really, you know, was something that we saw that day. You know, there was some kids who didn't, couldn't make heads or tails of us. There was some kids that were very scared that we did have to break some, some rules and take off the helmets to just, you know, make sure that they understood that we were people underneath. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was some of that. And we also had to go gunless because they were very concerned that there were some refugee, refugees there. They didn't want them to be intimidated by any, you know, fake weapons or anything of that nature. Yeah. So Certainly. we did have to be sensitive to that. And we did have to be, you know, aware that not every kid would even understand what we were. But I think they were just so blown away by they knew we were something, <laughs> they knew we were something exciting, and they knew we were really cool. So you know, I think I think they caught on very quickly. And as I said, some of them had already seen the Star Wars movies that week leading up to this, so that they they were kind of prepped a little bit, so that they knew what to expect. Also, just a, a, the next the next one we did was was the mall, and a lot of the kids in the mall were coming up to us and saying, "I know you from Fortnite." Because right around, right around that time, they had released the Fortnite Stormtrooper yeah. know, as a model in Fortnite. So they knew us from Fortnite, oh. but not from Star Wars. So oh. a lot of kids were coming up to us and saying, we play you in Fortnite. We play you in Fortnite. So I thought that was funny as well. So, yes, there was a little bit of a culture barrier there because they were not, I don't. I wouldn't say as familiar with Star Wars. And I think that was the purpose of the visit. The U.S. Embassy was very involved in this as well. And they had, they had stopped by at each of our visits, uh, to take pictures and to, to post them on the, um, U.S. Embassy, uh, Twitter account and their, their social media because they wanted to show this as kind of a partnership and kind of opening up this area to, you know, more, more of the Western culture and, and, and the Star Wars, you know, uh, uh, brand as, as a brand. So I think it was really eye opening for a lot of the people there when they saw us, like, it was just an incredible thing for them to behold because they had never seen anything like that before. 
So every, everywhere we went, we were just mobbed and it was just a madhouse and it, and it was just exhausting. We did the, the hospital for two hours, then we did the mall for about two hours. And then it all culminated with doing the mall where the movie theater resided and then actually doing the premiere on the red carpet. And there was, you know, all kinds of reporters there. And there was the, uh, the, the son of the king was there. Um, and it was just an, an incredible, incredible experience. And I have to say that the people from the Royal uh, Film uh, Commission there were just absolutely the best hosts you could imagine. They were very, very attentive, making sure we were always, you know, feeling okay, that we were well hydrated, that we were, we had enough time to change and make sure everything looked, looked appropriate before we went out. So I have to thank them for being incredibly gracious hosts and, and helping us get through that day. Cause it was a long 13 to 14 hour day with, uh, you know, three or four troops during that, that period that we were on our feet for you know, 90% of the day. So it, it was just an experience of a lifetime. So after that, we finally got to sit down at like 10 o'clock at night, watch the premiere for the first time in a foreign country. And it was just an, a, a remarkable experience. And then the next day after doing that whole craziness, we had to get up at like five in the morning and drive for four hours to get to where the filming locations were in the middle of the Wadi Rum Desert. So that was another whole ridiculous experience. And we brought our costumes along. They had them in tow in another um, couple of uh, pickup trucks that they had brought along with them. And then they had us go on the top of the mountain and take, uh, you know, a, a ton of pictures. And it was just amazing to us that the scope, the scale of that desert and seeing it in person was just an absolutely incredible experience. And to see it and to get pictures of it while you're in costume in the actual environment where they filmed the actual movie was just uh, something I'll, I'll never forget and, and something I still can't believe actually happened and that they made it happen there. And now this is right after you saw the movie, like the, the day after you saw the, day the movie after, the first time. After we had right? just trooped for yeah. 14, 15 hours, we got up with like four hours sleep, five o'clock in the morning the next day to, to get in a, in a SUV. Most so of us it, probably slept most yeah. of the way, but it was, it was just <laughs> incredible. Except for that last hour that I was mentioning that we're going 100 yeah. miles an yeah. hour through dunes and, and sand. But uh, uh, funnily enough, all we've seen from that whole experience was the pictures. Just this week, uh, on May the 4th, the uh, U.S. Embassy actually released a video to celebrate May the 4th, which was the first time we actually saw video of us on the mountain that we didn't even know they shot. So that was a nice, pleasant surprise on May the 4th. Uh, the, all of us got very jazzed. The, the 10 of us were so excited that they actually did finally post some video from it which uh, really just it was, it was such a great gift to have on May the 4th. That's the intensity of all that, being, you know, so many events, such a short period of time, uh, seeing the film and then going to a filming location. I mean, that, that just has to seem so surreal and, and also so uh, just so intense. I mean, it, it's one thing to, you know, see the movie and then, you know, one day visit the location and it's thrilling, but to actually just like be there, like the, you know, hours later, I mean, it has, it's got to be incredible. It was, it was insane. It was something that, you know, I, I can't even describe. And we, we become very close with the other five folks that from the Florida garrison who we weren't really, you know, we hadn't known before. And even two of the members of my garrison, I wasn't that friend, I wasn't that friendly with personally because they were from the upstate area that we, we don't see them as much. And one of them, uh, Eric, uh, the person I mentioned before who gave us the idea for the virtual troop, he had only been in the group about two months. So to him, he was 
you know, his mind was absolutely blown. He's like, this is what it's like being in the 501st. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I've been doing this 12 years and, and this is, this is, this takes the cake. Trust me, Eric, this takes the cake. You, you, everything's going to be downhill from here. Trust me. <laughs> Cause this is, this is the pinnacle of, of 12 years of being in the 501st. I can't even describe to you how out of the box this is but we got to after we suited down we got to visit the other locations they took us to about six different locations for like six hours all around different areas of the desert that we recognized from the movie that we just seen the night before and then they they culminated with the um area where they did the uh, quicksand scene and we actually saw where they did the quicksand scene and we actually were all able to take home some of the sand and some of the little black pellets that they had used for the quicksand during that scene so we were really jazzed about that to take home a little souvenir, which we have all given out to all our friends and family already. So don't ask for that either. <laughs> we, we all we all pretty much made a pact that we weren't going to, you know, sell it or do anything stupid with it. So many of us, myself and and Joe, who's from my garrison, and some of the other people who we had met with uh, from the Florida garrison, pretty much agreed that we were going to, you know, parse it out and give it and just give it away to friends and family who just to give them a little piece of, you know, and and share it with them. We actually just had a reunion the last weekend that it's going to be an episode, an upcoming episode of Under the Helmet, uh, with all ten of us together for the first time since that this all happened, and we were all reminiscing about different funny things and funny stories and meeting each other and things. So that's going to be an exciting episode coming up in about two weeks on our under the helmet. So you'll hear even more about it if, if, if you can, if you can stand it, <laughs> but uh, it was incredible. And and I got to say, when we were in the airport on the way home, it's exactly what you were just saying. It was like surreal. We still were looking at each other, the five of us from the, from the New York area who were flying together back looking at each other, like, did that actually just happen? You know, did that <laughs> really just happen to we're never going to experience anything like that again. And, and uh, it was just something that, that I'm just internally grateful to Lucasfilm, to the Royal Jordanian Film Council, the U.S. Embassy and the 501st Legion uh, for putting that together because it was just the experience of a lifetime. Well, it sounds like you were fantastic ambassadors for uh, representing the Star Wars brand for, uh, you know, the 501st and, uh, you know, amazing that. Uh, you, you did such a fantastic job to, uh, to do all that such a short amount of time. Thank you very much for sharing all that with us. Um, now you still have, uh, some active fundraising that's going on regarding all of your videos that have been posted to your social media, right? That's correct. For the next two weeks, we're actually continuing to run the fundraiser for the New York Common Pantry. Uh, they could really use our help at this time with the COVID-19 situation. They're, some of their food sources have been cut. They haven't been getting as many donations. And they're helping feed some of the most desperate New Yorkers right now who are, are struggling to, to, to eat. So if, if anybody wants to check out the videos, if you enjoy them, and if you, you'd, you'd uh, like to make a donation, you can afford to make a donation, please consider making a donation because that, that's what we're doing it for. And, and that's really what we're all about. We're really trying to support a, a charity while – you know, uh, uh, doing our thing and, uh, and getting, getting to troop as best we can in the, under these circumstances. And what's the name of that Facebook uh, group again, or Facebook page again? Sure. It's, it's the ECG virtual troop on ECG Facebook. ECG virtual troop. Excellent. Well, Chris, thank you so much for uh, joining the 501st cast. This has been wonderful of you to share all these different activities that you've been doing, especially given this period of time where we're not able to, to be out there as much. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me and, and keep up the great work. I love the, the 501st cast and uh, it, I think it's inspirational to all the members of the 501st Legion. 
We had already penciled in this particular member shout-out, but instead of one of the podcast hosts reading it, let's hear it from the submitter himself. Hi, this is Chris Fan, the commanding officer of the 501st Legion's Empire City Garrison, New York. I wanted to personally thank Diana Wolf Torres from the 501st Legion's Golden Gate Garrison for reaching out to me and the 501st Legion's Empire City Garrison in New York and sending over 150 3D printed uh, face shields for use at the Cerebral Palsy Association of Nassau County. We used them on at the centers on the island, and not only did she provide them personally, she also put us in touch with some of the uh, other people in Southern California who were making shields and we were able to get an additional 1,500 shields for other New York area hospitals. They desperately needed the shields, and she did not hesitate in offering to help. It's amazing how the 501st brought us together to help others in ways we never expected during these very difficult times. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast can be tuned in via iTunes, podcasts.com, or Stitcher. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st cast is now also available on the iHeartRadio app. And remember, troopers, keep your buckets on and maintain a safe distance. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it follows generally accepted ground rules for Star Wars fan groups. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Used under authorization. Okay, interview, insert that here. And then, uh, boom, 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 upcoming events. Oh, no, uh, station ID, upcoming events bumper, Roku Depot. Yeah, I didn't really put in any upcoming events because I don't think we really have any upcoming events. Uh, so don't do the upcoming events bumper. I mean, I don't even think Roku Depot probably is going to have anything listed either. I haven't looked. Okay, don't put Roku Depot. <laughs> <laughs> Go, go, go.